Welcome to another episode of Tournament in a Tea Break. I'm Ross Sattar from Britwatch Sports. And my name's Rena Denfeld of My Tennis. And we finally had another good day of, of uh, weather and indeed tennis. Yeah, today today it was it was looking it was it was forecast that way yesterday. It, it looked to be the the day that was the best in terms of um, like just general in terms of weather in terms of being playable and no no rain today. So that was incredibly important, especially considering we had two quarterfinals that had to be wrapped up on the men's side. Mm -hmm. um, Rafael Nadal against Diego Schwarzman and also Juan Martin Del Potro against um, Marin Cilic. So very important that we got through this day without any further rain delays. And uh, I think we'll jump right in into the first two, into the last two men's quarterfinals so that we get those wrapped up. Yep, absolutely. Well, um, first one was the resumption. Oh, actually, no, they, was, they, they, they both came out together, didn't they? They one started at the same left. time, yeah. yes. Okay, my bad. So let's start with... Uh, Diego Schwartzman and Rafael Nadal at the uh, at the conclusion. Uh, thanks to raindrops, Diego Schwartzman was sort of struggling to stay in the third set. No, second set. Sorry. And on the restart, Nadal just basically took command. I think is the best way of saying it. I agree. Um, Schwartzman played really well yesterday. Nadal was nervous at the beginning. Um, admitted to as much. Said he just couldn't really get going. Um, also said that the taping of his forearms was indeed according to him in order to prevent his sweatbands from slipping down his arms because it was incredibly humid yesterday not just according to him that's also according to us it was really quite it was a bit like a sauna yesterday and two days ago so i understand that and um yes schwartzman was in schwartzman was in, in command until the first rain delay then nadal took charge, won the next four games before they got rained off again and delayed until earlier today. And at the end, I think Nadal won 16 of the final 20 games. So it, business as usual was resumed afterwards. Um, that's the fairest way. Uh, that's w without any disrespect to Diego mm. Schwartzman, but it was... It was one. It was. It felt a lot more like one one way traffic today. Yeah, and it's a, it's a shame because I think um, I think he he come out so aggressively. He had a real good game plan, and he was also able to initially, certainly to that first rain break, capitalize on Nadal's skittishness about the weather, about the humidity. Uh, I think it's a good learning experience for him, but I think he's got a long way to go before he can really sort of take that fight to to the big guys. I think what would help Nadal incredibly, even though he didn't, he, he completely threw that point away in his press conference, was that conditions today were different. It was dry. It was a lot warmer. His topspin, like the, the court picked up his topspin a lot more. So um, the, his forehands and his backhands weren't really in, in the wheelhouse of, of Schwarzman anymore. They were basic. They almost went up to his shoulder or to his head. So that made things a little more difficult for Schwartzman. Didn't really manage to apply the same pressure that he applied yesterday. And Nadal was looking a lot sharper as opposed to Wednesday, where he just seemed a little bit out of sorts, produced quite a number of errors and was, as you said, quite skittish, not really, not, not really locked in. And today he was locked in and at the end made, a, made it look a lot easier today and uh, and was the first of the um, remaining two matches uh, to, to qualify for the semi-finals. 
Which brings us on to the second one, which took, was taking considerably longer. Uh, it started with a two-point shootout uh, between Del Potro and Cilic. They, of course, stopped in the tiebreaker at 5-5. Five, five. Uh, Del Potro f- fired off two good shots. And, and then from that point on, I think um, Cilic got a set. And then from that point on, it kind of... It, he just seemed to run away with it. He just seemed to have the measure of Cilic, who didn't really seem to want to... I thought I thought I thought it was a completely at points bizarre match. Both yep. both men being incredibly cranky throughout the entire <laughs> oh, yeah. after the after the. But already yesterday, like there was, the, you could tell that they were like they were frust. There, there was a frustration. They were both at pegging level throughout the entire first set. Actually, it almost felt a little bit like Chilich had the upper hand in a moment here or there, but at the end Del Potro quite brutally run away with the first set in just winning two po- in, in winning the last two points. And afterwards um Del Potro got angry with a spectator who shouted in between one of in, in between his second serve and Del Potro hit, hit a dreadful double fault after that and um got broken. Chilich tried to serve it out, couldn't manage to serve it out. Del Potro got broken again and at the end, Chilich wrapped up the second set 7-5. And I actually thought at that point that Chilich looked like the better player at that moment, whereas Del Potro just looked a little bit forlorn and, and just not not really there throughout the entire um, third set as well. Where and, and in the third set, Del Potro was up 3-1. He actually should have been up a lot further. But at the end, he just... He had a lot of... Uh, Quite a number of unforced errors at the end. It, to me, it felt like that third set entirely slipped from his hands. I didn't quite understand his serving from the outside. Um, kept serving 70% or 75% to Del Potro's forehand with his first serve, which is not not a logic that I can quite follow. And at the end, Del Potro just was more awake in the most important moments in the third, at the end of the third set and the fourth set. So. I'm not sure how impressed I was by Del Potro today. I'm I certainly was not quite impressed with Marin Cilic because I felt that he no, could no. have he could have certainly taken this one, but it just just slipped away from him, especially in the third set. That one was confusing and a little bit baffling, to say the least. What what gets me? I mean, we we spoke about this last night that Del Potro is probably the popular choice. Everybody feels for him. Um, you know, for all the injuries that he's gone through. But the outpouring of emotion did take me by surprise. I mean, okay, in 2009, he made the semi-finals here. He would go on to win his first and indeed only slam title. But, you know, it. I don't know whether it's a culmination of everything, of winning Indian Wells and then coming here and doing well and, and making it this far and it's kind of triggering some kind of thought of, you know, what if this is my my year but um i mean i mean i love i love listening to him press and he's he's all very kind of oh well i'll try and do my best and we'll, we'll see eh but you know i think he's going to need to turn himself around fairly quickly he doesn't have a lot of time i thought i, I no. thought for a while that chilich and del potro made it a contest not of who's going to make the semi-finals but who's going to stay out the longest in order to make semi-finals and to be out there until 4 p.m when they have to play again tomorrow Possibly at three thirty. So, um, what I thought, what 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 Del Potro's outpouring of emotion might have boiled down to was the fact that he wasn't even sure whether he was going to play here with his groin mm. injury, 
and now made semi-finals so he's he's got a lot of these moments where he's incredibly emotional afterwards and as a cold-hearted german i can i can most of the time i i, I try to relate but sometimes i'm also taken by surprise and i'm just oh he's teary-eyed again what happened and then you, you look back at it and you understand why but um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how he's going to pick himself up and what he can bring to the table tomorrow. Because yeah, um, yeah it's it 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 will be he will not get away with the patchy, no. patchy yeah with the with the uh, almost sloppy patches that he had today. And um, Nadal, I don't think unless he gets nervous, unless he sees uh, freaks out about possible incoming rainfall or. Uh, has another slow start like he did against Schwartzman. Um, I don't really see him allowing um, Del Potro that much leeway so that he could get away with bad passages. I mean, we've said all along that it, we we feel that there's very few people who can stop him. I think what we're the most we're looking for is somebody to at least mount a credible challenge and make it competitive. And by competitive, we mean at least get one set off him. I mean, I've been generous and given him two. Um, but yeah, I think I think this will be a four or five setter. But ultimately, I can't see anybody other than Nadal going through. Yeah, I've, I would also be. I, I feel it would be it would be foolish to pick anyone other than Nadal. And obviously, since since we're at it, since we're just talking about the men's semi-final tomorrow, we've got uh, Team and Cecchinato coming up first at one p.m. on Chatrier, and then not before three thirty, Juan Martin Del Potro against um, Rafael Nadal. So. I don't think anyone is going to pick against Nadal, and I, I really cannot. As I said the other day, yeah. I can't pick against Team. No. I would be, uh, the fairy tale for Cecchinato has been going on for a while, but, um, and I'm not a betting man, even though I know other people apparently are. So I don't think I will. Um, I will be. I would put money if I were a betting man. So I would not put money on anyone other than Dominic. Team. I'm just going to look for a light switch because there's a fair bit of shade in this room. I don't see what you're getting at personally. <laughs> On to the women's uh, semi-finals. Uh, now, yesterday, um, we all, well, you and Marianne felt that Muguruza was in such control uh, and Halep had had such a... She, she insists it wasn't a slow start, so let's give her the benefit of the doubt. It was, it was the wrong tactics, it was a lot of overpressing, rushing her shots, I think, is what she described it as. And she came out... And you could not accuse her of being, you know, of rushing her shots. I mean, she was seeing the ball like a football. And Muguruza was, you know, it wasn't that she was even particularly playing badly, in, in, in my view. It's just Halep was making a run for the extra ball, was being super aggressive, was finding the lines like glue. I mean, it was, a, it was a, an amazing first set. I, I found that Halep started... Halep started a lot better than anyone, I think, expected. And that includes Muguruza. And I think that's what threw her off a little bit at the beginning. I don't think Muguruza started entirely badly, but Halep was Halep was at the races from the very first ball. And afterwards, Muguruza wasn't quite that sharp. Halep was very smart in targeting Muguruza's forehand. Um, got a lot of unforced arrows out of that side throughout the entire first set. And Halep played in my opinion, one of the best sets that she's played in quite a while in terms of just execution in that first set because while Magarusa didn't play great, she also had like one or two looks at getting 
a foot into the door, but she didn't take those one or two looks she was given. And in the second set, I thought it was a very, it was a very, very good match in terms of quality. Um, Muguruza was a lot more, not she wasn't more aggressive, but she was sticking around in the rallies longer, and managed to serve a whole lot better, especially yeah. at the start, and got that break break advantage. Um, but at the end, I Halep managed to bite her way back into that set, and that game at four all proved to be. Proved oh, to be crucial, that. and that's what I think that that's what Halep said. That was the most important game of the entire match, and that's also what Magarusa said. Mm. Like this is the this is the game where the chips fell one way, yeah. could have fallen one way or the other, and they ended up falling Halep's way, who then ran away with Magarusa's service game to break to a six one six four victory. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, Muguruza had carved out a, a real niche for herself as the potential favourite to win the whole thing. Uh, I think that I think this firmly puts Halep right back in in the running. And uh, you know, she was she had a great line today in her press because of inevitably the, the questions are coming up. You know, this is now your fourth. I mean, she's like the Andy Murray of of the WTA side, where she's going to just keep going to finals and finals and finals, and she doesn't want to be that one that you know reaches. X amount of finals and never gets over the line. Mm. Uh, but she, she came up with this wonderful line of, you know, I've lost three and no one's died. It's okay. Um, and it's almost like she's accepted that she might never win, which is what Murray did. And then he went on to win. So I wonder whether there's an element of I accept that I might it might not happen for me, but I've achieved a lot as as it is. Mm. And then maybe that frees her up. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's uh, as a pure thinking mechanism that's something that should take pressure off of you because you look at what you've achieved and not what you've missed out on so i believe that's a it's a smart way to to get yourself into the right mind frame if you're in her position um having said that she's coming up against someone who is just who has a fantastic record in finals have never having lost a final in her I career know. um and sloan stevens is opportunity is not something that that scares or that no. bothers Sloane Stevens at all. She sees it as something as to her it's a privilege. I, I'm not sure if opportunity and pressure can be if how big the correlation is for the individual players, but I think there is a fair bit of um, there's a fair bit of similarity going on there and to her the opportunity to play it's a bonus. It's a privilege. It's a great thing that I'm able to do. And to her, it's not something that she gets phased by yeah. what could be, and she never has in big moments, in the big in the big matches or in finals. And well, I think because for a long time people used to criticise her for you know you never won a final, you never won a final, um, or you never reached a final and you never won a title, and then she did, and all of a sudden it's like open the floodgates. But yeah, whether she cares or not, I mean, care that that sounds bad, but whether she gives that impression that she's like fretting over it or not. You know, she she's probably going to come out swinging completely free because this is a bonus. Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, all of the pressure and all of the focus is going to be on Halep. Yes. Uh, because she because in a way Halep has more to prove, and I say prove in inverted commas. I don't think Halep feels that she's got anything to prove to anyone, but every, you know, all eyes are going to be on her. Um, you know, if she finds herself up. I mean, God help us if she finds herself up a set and a break again. But anyway, um, hopefully uh, that will... Um, sorry, we've got somebody opening the door. Don't lock us in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so 
This is a tough one to call, actually, because I think it's going to be a quite evenly matched final. Hopefully, it's going to be a super competitive one. I, I honestly, I cannot call it because I have, no, I know who is less faced by who's who's that mm. that Stevens is the big match player or the finals player or the person who just who gets going at the at the business end of a tournament. Um, but I also don't know, like, is Halep going to be able to bring the level that she brought today? If she does, then I would have her as the slide favorite. But I, who knows? Who knows, mm-hmm. quite frankly. To me, this one is a complete toss-up. It's a 50-50. Um, and I'm, I hope it's, I hope it's going to be a good one. I hope um, we're going to see a, a riveting final. I mean, last year's final was riveting as well. So, um, just with an unexpected outcome, but I am, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I'm looking forward to it, and I think the two um, best players of the tournament taking today into account are in the final, and yeah. that's good. Um, yeah. I would have said, I would have said before tomorrow, I would have said Muguruza was before yesterday. I would have said, or before today, I would have said Muguruza is the, was the best player. But today, as as we said, Halep just Halep Ways played. Number one was on the line, and Simona Halep played like a number one today. Yeah. So that's something that I think she can take a lot of pride in, and hopefully take confidence out out of with regards to moving forward to Saturday's final. I agree. I agree. Uh, and then, of course, we've we've touched on the men's uh, semi-finals that are going to be starting. We're almost at the business end, uh, and hopefully, we'll have a couple more um, extra guests joining us. But until then, I think we've pretty much covered everything we want to do for today. So you have been listening to Ros Satar. And René Denfeld. Thank you for listening. Goodbye.